It's the WP Minute Rewind with myself and co-host Daniel Schutzmith. This episode is brought to you by Stellar WP. You can find out more about their plugins, their themes, their hiring, and all the jobs over at StellarWP.com. Support the show by going to buymeacoffee.com slash Report. Buy us a virtual coffee for $5 or join the membership for $79 a year. This is the inaugural Rewind episode. Daniel and I recap some of the top headlines in the WP Minute newsletter over at the WPMinute.com and the podcast. We're going to start off by chatting about his WP Talks uh, Twitter spaces that he hosts every Saturday. All right, here's Daniel and I giving you the WP Minute Rewind. We were trying to focus on the kind of more human side to to WordPress and the topics we don't usually talk about. Uh, very similar aligned probably to the mental health kind of things and stuff like that. But but the latest one we did was on plugins, and then we're going to have another one coming up on the, let me get the date right, on the 26th. That's going to be an all-women panel uh, plugin plug-in folks from around the globe. So they're going to be talking uh, about what they do, and that's going to be run by Winstina, and I'm not sure who the co-host is yet, but Winstina's been my co-host, uh, Winstina Hughes, for the past uh, few episodes, and we're going to keep doing that. We have a great time together. So and usually you, on you Saturdays. Found, yeah, I was just about to say that. So you found a good groove for the Saturday uh, time yeah. slot. Yep, we, we, we like it as every two weeks. Um, every week seems just too much. It's just, yeah. We don't have the time. <laughs> And and frankly, too, I think people need to gear up for it, too. It makes it a little bit more special if it's a show that's every two weeks. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've seen that, too, at the WP Minute, like uh, towards the end of last year. I mean, there's an acquisition news. I mean, of course, I, I think that's all yeah. like the temperature of sort of end of year and everybody's sort of closing out business and, and doing all that stuff. And there's just like news acquisition item after acquisition item, big sale, big update, big <laughs> thing happening. And then you start the, the sort of the first quarter of this new year and it's i mean it's not slow but it's certainly not yeah. at that same kind of crazy pace and yeah i think that two week slot is a good good measure to have enough content to, to talk about and not to burn yeah. everybody out exactly yeah which is a big thing i'm told that we're the most organized twitter spaces that anyone's been on <laughs> listen as i i i agree uh, a lot of that together a whole outline and everything and <laughs> prep you do a, beforehand yeah you do a really good job of that the podcasting world i've experienced twitter spaces before been on twitter spaces in sort of the podcasting industry and uh, i think a lot of people just come from the background of radio and, and maybe even media in that space so there's a lot more organization on that side and nothing wrong with it right i mean yeah. there's nothing wrong if you're running a twitter space and it's a little uh, chaotic but it is it is great to get a nice google doc to share with your guests and then I think the best thing about being, or I think the most important thing about being a Twitter space host <laughs> is keeping the conversation moving, which you do really well, yeah. and making sure everybody gets their their fair turn at things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and when Stina is really amazing too at, she'll find the little nuggets and what people have said and really kind of keep going with them. So we start out with five questions. I jokingly say we probably do like 12 <laughs> because she she has a really great knack to kind of pinpoint what people are what people are talking about and expanding on. And I think the audience enjoys that too. So it's been yeah. it's been really Hey, speaking of the news. Let's talk about some of the WordPress news. I'm going to pull up the old WP Minute blog, the the wpminute.com. Um I'm just going to pull from some of these articles that uh, that were released over the last few weeks here. 
uh, a block museum was very interesting I to me. I saw that. Entering the museum. I, I, like I like the idea. I think it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I could like see categories on this block museum. Like I feel like I'd like to see different things, but maybe they're just trying to keep it so yeah. I don't know utilitarian. I don't know if that's the right word, but you just like you're in a, it's in order. Like you have to go through these things. I feel like it's the same thing every single time, so it's not even randomized. I don't think. But the cool thing is when you click on, which isn't super apparent, but when you're clicking on one of the images, okay, or one of the the blocks, oh, it. It brings you to the code, what? which you can copy and paste. I didn't notice that this whole time. Yes. Oh, wow. This is folks That's in the art cool. world. They want you to figure it out. It's like, figure out this art, figure out how to get to That's the copy, paste nope. this code. Stuff like this I love too, because this is this goes directly with what Matt Mullenberg was saying at the State of the Word. And I was actually there in person for that. And one of the interesting things he mentioned was that this was the old Tumblr off, which I guess still is kind of, but but you know, automatic ones so they can use it for whatever. But they had the artwork on the wall behind him when he was when he was doing the keynote. And he said it was you know, all Tumblr users basically that put that in there and they're gonna keep growing it with more things like that. So stuff like this is terrific because if you think about it, you can't really do these kinds of things on Tumblr. Maybe not yet. I don't know if they're putting Gutenberg or, or the black editor over there eventually one day, but but this makes it really interesting that it's like it's putting WordPress into an art space, <laughs> a more creative space where so often we're just obsessed with code or content. I think we need more design love, more art love. Block-museum.com. The subheadline is this pop-up virtual block art museum comes to you from a collection of community members in the WordPress world. You can go to the about page and see everyone who contributes to it. It doesn't look like it's really owned by any particular brand. It looks just like they just came together to kind of put this... Uh, block pattern mm-hmm. directory if you will together which is uh, which is cool now i feel like i want to make some stuff <laughs> make some stuff <laughs> make some stuff did you see somebody yesterday talk about that i think somebody was polling the audience and by the audience i mean twitter <laughs> uh asking if if wordpress was actually considered a no-code tool oh that was me was that you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was me. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I mean, because one of the things, I think you've talked about this before too, that and I definitely know I've heard you talk about no code and your kind of love for it. The reality to me is that, you know, I got into Webflow way back when 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 that originally started out and I actually suggested to the founder there, Vlad, I think is his name, to actually start it out as a WordPress extension. And he saw vision back then that he's like, nah, I'm not putting it on WordPress. <laughs> he was like, you can export your bootstrap because it was bootstrap at the time. I don't know if it still is. And then make your own theme if you want to. And so that's what I did for years. But I, to me, if we're really talking about the bring new people into the fold, democratizing publishing, making it easier for people to work with things. WordPress is a no-code platform, but people don't really know it because we talk so much about code and we talk so much about the extendability of WordPress. Um, But at its core, I mean, you can put together a website right now, even on .com, put it together right away and not need to do any code at all. Everything can be done for you, basically. The missing piece is that there's no... There's no like format to kind of show you how to do those types of things, how to put that stuff out there. So you have all these like little plugins, these little add-ons and things like that, but you don't know where they exist or how they work or what the keys are basically to put them all together. So I think that's a really important thing that someone needs to do. 
Yeah. yeah. Since I've been exploring a lot more of these solutions, well, I mean, really forever, but of course the, the whole phrase of no code, the whole term of no code is, has been taking off both from, well, largely probably inspired by a lot of investment money going in that direction. So there's a lot more people building things, not to take away from what people are building, but it's also, it's really fueling, I think, that economy, if you will. Yeah. And um, I think people sort of get it conflated that no code doesn't mean no effort <laughs> because <Right>. it still takes <laughs> oh, that's a, a lot yeah. of effort to to do the thing that you want to do with whatever tool you're looking at. And and then you still have to learn that platform. It doesn't mean that it's it's super easy. And, and the perfect example for me is a Webflow and a bubble because those, Webflow is like if you yeah. told somebody, hey, make, I don't know, make a drawing. Or if you told somebody, sit down at a computer and open up Adobe Photoshop and make a circle. Yep. <laughs> people would be like, <laughs> people who are not experienced would be like, what am, what is this? airplane cockpit that I'm looking at it, that is Adobe Photoshop and Webflow is quite li almost literally the yeah. same kind of UI experience and you, you're just looking at it going okay great I got this blank canvas I don't have to update any plugins but what the hell do I do now and bubble even more I think is just like a whole other learning curve and then no code is very broad because other mm -hmm. there's so many tools that get dumped into no code like Airtable yep. Airtable's a no-code thing, and and that's like you look at that as like oh spreadsheets, database. Yeah. Like you're not thinking about building a website with it, but you could, which is and crazy. I think, <laughs> I think so many people too don't realize that a lot of the ingredients to no-code is moving data around. It's being able to either automate from one place, move it from here, put it there, and kind of manipulate it in the way you want to. It's not necessarily just making designs all the time. I think a, a lot of it's actually not. <laughs> a lot of it really is hooking up the the pieces to it to actually make things go in the right spots that you want them to go to. Bubble's a really interesting tool as well because Webflow is definitely more on the web design and well, Bubble's like a whole, you could create a web app, you could create a mobile app, like you can create all kinds of stuff that way. And I see WordPress actually is kind of like the two, but I don't think anyone realizes that. That's really what we could do with WordPress yeah. is anything in there. It's a brand thing, really. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's just a stigma to it. Well, it's a brand there thing. Is. There's a stigma. There is, there's just not one platform that you can turn to to solve your thing with WordPress. And, and that's, that's the issue. Like you have a database and even custom fields, like we all know advanced custom fields. Yeah. I mean, we know what it is. We might mm -hmm. not like use it as an, as an expert. But like custom fields, database, and like displaying things, that whole CRUD system, create, yeah. replace, update, delete, it's, it's, still, it's still not there yet. And I think like who, whoever can solve that really cleanly with WordPress can, can win in that no-code space. Yeah. And ACF, Advanced Custom Fields, Pods, as much as I love them, they were targeted more towards developers from the beginning. So I think they get, they get you know, stuck in that in that. Uh, target market whether they yeah. like it or not there's other ones though like metabox it's metabox to io but that's it's targeting people who are using elementor it's not looking at people who are doing coding it's, it's targeting the people that like they don't want to do any code so right. how do i put all this stuff into 
WordPress to be able to manipulate it and work with it. And I see that that's really the future. I have licenses in all all of them, but yeah. <laughs> but but the reality is, it's the no code to me is really the future of of where all this stuff going. At least marketing it that way for people to understand that. I think it's yeah. going to be really important in the next couple of years here. I'm going to pull another title from uh, a past newsletter from the WPMinute.com or a past blog post slash pod. It's a, listen, if you've not heard of the WP Minute mm-hmm. before, it's a blog, it's a newsletter, it's a podcast. It's actually, those three things are the same thing. It goes out every Wednesday. The title is Master of WP. And uh, this goes back to the uh, article we publish on the 2nd, March 2nd, with Rob Howard, the new owner oh. of Master WP Newsletter which was in the news, which was in the WordPress media, catching some <laughs> flack, calling for the, the death of uh, WordPress multi-site. I actually had the chance to, to interview Rob Howard, and I'll play that clip right now. No, I won't because I don't have it. I'm just, but I would like to do that on a future episode. Uh, but I did get to interview him on the Matt Report, and that'll be going out, uh, actually, I think this week, this, or this Sunday. Oh, cool. And, and I had a chance to talk to him about, about where he's going with Master WP. And there's been a lot of feedback on on the Twitter sphere about about that. I think he's actually opened up to some guest opinion pieces on the positive side of WP multi-site. Yeah. And he was sharing his opinion on on how they work. He, he runs an agency and that's that's the bread and butter of the company. It's not Master mm-hmm. WP. And he's one, I think, and you, you'll hear it in the episode. I think he was just trying to stir the pot to get some clicks, which he certainly did. Two, he's just sort of airing his his grievances around uh, multi-site, which look, it's not, it's not the easiest thing either. So I kind of see some of the points, but it's not for everything. Everybody thinks it does solve a lot of, well, I'll just, I need five yeah. WooCommerce stores. I'll just do multi-site and have five WooCommerce. No, probably not a good idea. <laughs> you know, it has to be very specific with multi-site in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, every time I've used it, it's really, you know, what I want to when I'm building a website, I try to think of how do I make this successful and use the least amount of resources possible. And by resources, I mean code, plugins, people, like everything. Yeah. Like, right. like how do I do it so I'm using the least amount as possible? Because with technology and everything else, the more things we throw into that engine, the more difficult things will be and the harder it's going to be to maintain over time. You know, multi-site, usually if I have like one brand and they're going to have multiple websites and they're all using the same look and feel, I'll just put it on a multi-site because I can reuse that theme. I can make updates to it and then really just change based on based on that little subset on what I wanted to do. But it's few and far between because I, I I don't know anyone that's doing like multi-sites all the time. And from the discussions that's on Twitter, no one's really doing it all the time unless it's a like website as a service type of thing, a WAS. But, you know, direct to client stuff, like we're doing it every so often. And it needs some love. So hopefully this stirred the pot also too to have people pay attention again to multi-site and maybe make some, make some changes to it. Yeah. I, on my day job at Castos, we obviously have the Seriously Simple Podcasting plugin. And uh, oh boy, do we see a lot of people trying to do <laughs> some crazy things with multi-site and podcasts, like trying to create podcast directories and stuff. And it's just oh, like conceptually, like if you were a no-coder, yeah. you'd be like, oh yeah, this this totally makes sense. But WordPress does not get, communicate mm. back. <laughs> like there's no connection back across those databases. You can't access that content. Yeah. We've seen people spend days thousands of dollars customizing these things and they're like oh oh it doesn't do that like no 
It's not yeah. what multi site's for. Unfortunately, it's kind of like I equate it also to Buddy Press and kind of where that is. Buddy Press is actually kind of a long way, but if you if you just use Buddy Press, it's a little bit more difficult to work with. If you add on what is it, Buddy Boss, I believe, then it really mm-hmm. comes alive and, and you can do a lot of things with it. Same thing with with multi site. If you add on, it's called uh, Ultimo or WP Ultimo. If you add that on, it gives you a lot more capabilities on what you can do with with multi-site. So it's that type of thing. I think that there's some things that can be changed in there for sure to make it make it work a bit easier. I am I am often ranting on Twitter about this or that that I run into with WordPress. And last Friday, Brian Gardner has sent a tweet about just about how excited he was to make new themes for FSE. Which kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> it's a Friday afternoon. I was probably a little bit more, a little bit more respondent than normal because I was just. just Wait, did it catch you Twitter. off guard because Brian Gardner wanted to create a new theme or? Well, another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Frost WP. If you listen, no, no. Brian Gardner and, and Nick Diego have put out Frost WP, which now WP Engine is a hold of, and now it's completely open source. It was originally paid paid theme with with full site editing and things like that, and and really, it's a really great theme. It's awesome to work with. I'd say it's probably one of the leaders, probably the head of the pack. But what threw me off was I think a myself and a lot of people have thought of those themes more as being kind of like the starter theme or the parent theme of like what we should be using. And with this whole new era of full site editing, it doesn't feel like we need like a ton of themes. And so Brian was responding to what Matt Mullenweg has said at State of the Word that he wanted to have like 5,000 different FSE themes. <laughs> I think it was by the end of next year. Get a couple years, something like that. It was something wild. And I just don't, I don't see it. I, I People have responded to me on Twitter and and said some some ways they think it might make sense. But a lot of people have basically said, you know, I just see like a handful that would really only be needed because from there we can create whatever we want to. I know you had opinions though, right? Yeah. I mean, we, in this week's episode, uh, One Theme to Rule Them All, we we touched upon uh, some of the stuff that was said. The Look, I, I just think if I were the product manager of WordPress open source, wordpress.org, mm-hmm. the call to action wouldn't be, it wouldn't be 5,000 new themes. It would, it would be about blocks and patterns mm-hmm. because I, I just can't see how one can want more themes, but also be like, yeah, we got all these patterns and blocks and we're going to have a pattern block directory. Yeah, like exactly. my thing would be, you, we got to focus on the patterns have the canvas theme or the, the the one theme, yeah, and then introduce all these patterns and then let people decide what happens. Because then, what is a theme? Yeah. What is a theme at that point? And I've listen. I'm not a developer, but I know people are saying now is like themes are just a, a JSON file at this point because you just have all of these blocks, all of these patterns, and then what a theme does is just say, "Hey, blocks, hey, patterns, look like this." Yeah. Like the structure's already done for you in the block slash pattern. And the, now the theme thing just says, oh my God, it's this color. Oh my God, it's this font style, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I also don't see it. But I, I mean, I can see where he, why he wants it, 5,000, because he just, he wants people to come and see the variety. He wants people to come and click on yeah. restaurant theme. He wants somebody to see business theme. He wants, I totally get it. But well, I mean, why are we reality, trying to solve it with blocks and patterns? <laughs> yeah, the reality too is if you want to get people to create th- the new way of creating themes, then you would try to basically flush out 
the old themes from any search algorithms <laughs> that would be available on there. Like it, really, if you want to get full set editing to go, putting thousands of themes into the repo would easily push out a lot of those those larger themes. I have this theory that uh, if you look at the themes that are on there right now that are the most popular, two of them are specifically more Elementor focused. So you have Hello... Is it Hello Fresh? I was trying to say Hello Fresh. That's not. It's just Hello, Hello. Fresh. You're trying to get some food delivered right now, Daniel. We're talking about WordPress. <laughs> and this is a great time for our sponsor, Hello Fresh. Yeah. No, no, Hello theme from the Elementor crew themselves, and then also you have the Astra theme from from I think it's called Brainstorm Force something like that yeah and so those aren't going to get bumped they're used so often and that's the starter theme for so many folks but i think there's a lot to learn from that too so i've actually been immersing myself more into elementor which i never had before um and and really kind of looking at how they put the tools together and things like that because looking at that i can see the way the the actual user interface and some of the user patterns they use to edit these pages that makes sense that we should be considering for what we're doing in full site editing but you know i'm not at the helm of that i'm not even in the development side of of core anything like that and nor nor do i have the time to do that but it's just, it's, it's just, it just you know baffles me a little bit that they don't look at those user patterns that are already existing because that would be what I would look at is how do you pull those people from using Elementor, Beaver Builder, things like that into using full site editing instead. Right now, if you went from Elementor to the full site editing experience, I mean, it's like Elementor feels like a Ferrari and the full site editing experience feels like a used car that is missing a tire. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just not... It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was working on a side, 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 side project uh, a couple weeks ago. It's been a while since I've gone back to touch it. And um, one, I started with Frost, but then I had to. So, two parts of the story. I started with Frost because I, I too was like, oh, yeah, this looks cool. I want to try full site editing and like have a theme that's full, full site editing. And the first hiccup was this particular side project is using. Uh, gravity form at the core, gravity okay. forms at the core, and uh, the styling support was not there for Frost. Mm. Looked terrible. Gotcha. Which made me think of a, like another million dollar idea. Why can't there be yeah. like web hooks for CSS styling, right? Where the theme and the plugins just talk that. to each other and just shoot the styling over. Like, and people just, that speaking of no code, they just like hook in, hook in, boom. It just works. So there's that. But what, what, really backed me out of the idea was I was using, I am using Gravity Forms for a lightweight user registration form, which logs a user in. So very, very lightweight membership, you would consider, you would you would say. And my God, I went to the navigation <laughs> in full site editing <laughs> to like do user roles. Oh, yeah. And I was like, uh, what am I, what is this? What is yeah. this? garbage <laughs> that I'm looking at. I don't even know what I'm doing. I can't even set up a menu, a navigation item. So I was like, ah, back to generate press. <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard that from a lot of people, actually. Jason Jason Tucker had mentioned that too on WP Watercooler of that exact instance. And that's the thing. I, I mentioned the same thing on Twitter when I was playing around with it during the testing phase. It's the nav element for me, which it'll, it'll get better. I mean, all these things I talk about, they're going to get better for sure. The problem is me as a professional and making sites for a living, I just don't have time to to play with it that often. So 
when I go in and play with it and things like that happen, that's what throws me off. And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> like I can't do this right now. And frankly, I just can't, can't invest any more time until I know it's working for sure. But one of the things to me too is that with a lot of the, the CSS pieces there, it would be great to have just like, I want one master like styling. I don't know. Going back to no code, I think it would be amazing if we just had one master styling editable page in the back end where you're just literally using normal meta to turn things on and off or changing colors or whatever for every style that's on a site. Look at Bootstrap, the Bootstrap framework, Tailwind frameworks, like those really amazing ways to be able for developers to be able to create things. And when we use those, we're just we're just literally swapping out a few settings here and there. We're literally just saying, yeah, make all buttons rounded by four pixels or make all you know primary colors to be a light blue. And that's kind of what we need, but I don't know that that's even on the radar for a lot of people. But yeah. it's a good million dollar idea. <laughs> Man, I mean, we've made $3 million on this episode. There you go. <laughs> At <laughs> least. <laughs> Anything else you want to recap today? Oh boy, there's, there's so much we could... <laughs> keep going on but i think the, to me it's like where let's see where fse goes there's gonna be some interesting stuff for sure coming down the pipe but this launch towards uh wordpress 6 core i think it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting but we're also gonna be terrified <laughs> so we'll see what we'll see what happens why do you think it why do you think it's gonna be exciting well, What's I like change. Hot take. <laughs> I always like change, so I like improvements. But there was some major, I, I can't remember off the top of their head, but there's some major improvements they had in that roadmap that I was like, ooh, yeah. Well, let me bring it up here. WordPress, just the just the word WordPress 6.0. Oh, or the, I know. Not the word, but the, like the phrase is, it's kind of mind boggling. And it's it almost, I feel like, anticipation for something it should be something greater and i know it's a pretty you know major update and we're already getting it but yeah. still it's just like wow wordpress 6.0 that's where we're at yeah when did you start do you remember what version i don't remember the version but the first theme i ever bought was the standard theme which was made by a company called 8-bit john saddington tom mcfarlane oh. and somebody else i'm forgetting his name but this goes back quite some time i forget when and then it was into revolution themes with brian gardner shortly after that oh gotcha oh yeah, yeah. i don't think i i don't think i ever used that theme i know i started on 2.1 which was ella i remember that um distinctly because it was ella fitzgerald but i don't think i really got into wordpress like really hardcore doing stuff until a few years later so probably like mm -hmm. 2009 2010 actually building out sites getting paid for it, that type of thing yeah yeah we uh, well i work for a company that we bought a th we bought a web design we bought a web design company we bought another company it had a web design company in it and then they were gotcha. using drupal and uh, the designer yep. was like yeah let's so uh, let's switch to this thing called wordpress it's just way easier for us so i was like all right well we'll try it yep i too came from drupal yep Yep, Good yep, stuff. Yep. Hey, what a great time today in the mm -hmm. WP Minute, soon to be named news show. We <laughs> talked about some stuff and we had some clips. Well, we don't have any clips, but we'll have clips in the future. But uh, we'll do this uh, maybe every couple of weeks. Just to do see what's up. See what's up in the news. Chat about some of the great headlines from the WPMinute.com. Become a member. Buy me a coffee.com slash Matt Report.
God, who the hell is the head of the branding of this place? Because why is it Matt Report? It should be the WP Minute. <laughs> Fire him. There you go. Buymeacoffee.com slash Matt Report. Sign up, 79 bucks a year. Daniel, you're headed uh, to another podcast right now, right? Uh, water cooler today? What do I have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a water cooler. Do you have an agent? Like, do you have an agent that just runs around and books you yet? Because you're just everywhere. You got your own talk shows. You're on this show. No, I just rant on Twitter and people are like, why don't you talk about it? (laughs) Come out in front of the mic. So I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I do like just sharing those those bits. But yeah, I'll be on WP Water Cooler today and then probably a few other things next week to be to be to be uh, announced and which websites do you want people to go to today for you twitter's really the best thing from there you can find everything i work on <laughs> <laughs> you've given up that's the sound of a man who has just given up with all of his web properties no longer allowed to buy another domain i have i put together my portfolio <laughs> two weeks ago on elementor actually just to and play around with it and uh, okay i saw like, that that came out great Oh, thank you. And I realized I have like seven different WordPress projects I'm working on. I'm just like, this is, it's getting out of hand. Yeah. You want (laughs) some therapy? uh, Build your own website. (laughs) Yeah. Twitter.com forward slash Schutzmith. It's S-C-H-U-T-Z-S-M-I-T-H. And that's it. That's it for the WP Minute Rewind. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe at the WPMinute.com and support the show by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Matt Report. 